The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, November 7th. We are two days away from Texas and Kansas State at Royal Memorial Stadium. We're also exactly 10 years removed from Jordan Shipley's 273-yard day against UCF. Mike, how many 200-yard performances do you think there's been in Texas's history? At least 10. Only two. Wow. Jordan Shipley and Tony Jones in the, the bowl, that bowl game. I think it was in the 80s or something like that. But Devin hmm. DuVernay got kind of close this past weekend, but just couldn't quite get her, I guess, in the TCU game two weeks ago. Anyway, I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Mike Craven. Mike, say hello. How's it going, guys? All right, Mike, it is time to talk cornerback. Um, you talk, you wrote about it on Monday, but we're just going to rehash it today because there's a lot of news coming out of that position on the recruiting trail. Uh, Texas had three cornerback commitments as uh, recently as two weeks ago. Same kind of set at that position, but then uh, Joshua Eaton decommitted. Ethan Pounce, he decommitted uh, last week. Uh, it's his brother jumped into the transfer portal, Jordan, who's a re- receiver at Texas. So there's only one now, or, I, you know, one-ish. But, uh, you know, first off, why did, uh, you know, what have you heard about Ethan and Joshua and why they decommitted? We talked a little bit about Joshua's decommitment last week, but why did those two choose not to become Longhorns? Uh, I think for Joshua Eaton, I don't know if Texas was ever his first choice. you got to remember in recruiting, some of these scholarships aren't always committable. And I believe the Oklahoma scholarship became committable after he committed to Texas. And so uh, it's just an option that has opened up, whether that was OU going back and looking at the film or you know maybe they missed out on somebody that they had on the board in front of them at corner. So that, that allowed him uh, to kind of go to the school he would have picked regardless. And then uh, with Ethan Pouncey, it's just as simple as family loyalty. You know, you're not going to go from Florida – uh, all the way to Austin to go to a school that your your brother just transferred out of to play. So if Jordan stayed around um, and he was still on the football team, I think Ethan would still be committed. So that's just a family bond thing where, you know, it's their dream to play college football together and they want to do that somewhere. Yeah, and, you know, just to, I'm going to get out on a side tangent for a second. You know, fans can be great, but recruiting, I think, is when fans can become awful. Oh, yeah. And some of the stuff that was said – when uh, that has been said online, and, <clears throat> excuse me, in social media and in our comment section when these kids are decommitting. I mean, get a life, people. I mean, these kids are making decisions that are going to set them up for the rest of their lives. And, you know, I've been able to make decisions that have impacted my life. Mike, you've been able to make decisions that have impacted your life. Yep. And no one's been able to tell us what's what unless they're really close to us or you know, my wife can tell me what she thinks about what I do, but some stranger behind a computer screen definitely cannot. So leave these kids alone. Obviously, you know, the Pouncey situation, that's really interesting, but Ethan had a decision to make. He made it. Jordan made his decision, too. And you know, Jordan gave three years to this school. Loves Texas. Like Texas, wanted wants to play. play. So you know, chill out. Yeah. Um, it's just it, football. <laughs> moving on down, obviously, Texas, with losing those commitments, has they need to scramble and get some, you know, fill those spots uh we're recording this on Wednesday and Tuesday night. Uh, Dijon Harrison, a, a fine recruit from up the road in Hutto, committed to Texas. He's you know listed on a lot of sites as a receiver, but he can also play cornerbacks. Is he a option? And also uh, Jade Barron over at Connolly uh, in the Pflugerville School District. Uh, might Texas look at him too? You know, with Barron, Texas has sniffed around for sure. He went to the uh, Texas OU game. He's a Baylor commitment, and with Baylor doing so well, 
Uh, I, I don't see Texas really putting a full court press on him, uh, specifically because they got Dejon Harrison uh, last night or Tuesday night. Um, Dejon's one of those dudes that like you look at him and you think, okay, slot receiver, it's obvious, just put him there. Um, but in today's kind of football world where it feels like everybody plays wide receiver if you're athletic enough to do it, he does have the body frame and the athletic skills uh, to play nickel, to play corner, and that those are long-term. That's a better long-term option. You're going to make more money and be more valuable as a top corner than you will as a top wide receiver. It's just a matter of getting him on campus and seeing if that transition is possible. And if it's not, he just goes back to slot receiver and you know you move on doing whatever he's been doing. And, and if he can make that transition, maybe you – kind of luck into a cornerback that would be a four-star prospect if you played that full-time. Um, obviously, there's one very big fish out there in the recruiting pond, and that's uh, Keely Ringo out of Arizona. Yep. Any chance, I mean, he's still, Texas is still among the schools that he's considering, but is there any chance that, you know, this recent news makes it more of a possibility that he becomes a Longhorn? Yeah, the thing that Texas has working for them with Ringo is the obvious, and that's a route to immediate playing time. You know, there's no way a five-star recruit like Keely Ringo doesn't watch Texas' secondary and think, I'd already be starting there if I was on campus right now. So flash forward a year from now, and I'm sure he's confident he can win that job. Georgia remains the favorite and will so until you know he says otherwise, but Texas is, is definitely in the mix. I wouldn't say they have a 50-50 shot, but they definitely have a chance. You know, Tim Beck... Used to coach at that high school that he's at, Bryant Westbrook, you know, a great former Texas defensive back, is also at Soguero High School there um, in, in Phoenix or the Phoenix area. And so, yeah, I, I mean, Texas is going to be on him hard, not only because he's a great player, but because they have a spot where he can come play right now, and they know that, and he knows that. And like we said at the top, depending on where we're um, considering uh, uh, Dejon Harrison, you know, Texas only has you know, one slash two cornerbacks committed. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about John Tyler, cornerback Katon Crawford, who's been in this class for a while, still in it. I guess now he's the founding member of those upcoming quarterbacks. What's the 411 on him? Uh, Keaton's just a tough East Texas dude. He's like 5'11", 200 pounds. He's, He's more stocky and built than some of the other corners Texas has recruited since Herman's gotten here. They've been more kind of your tall, rangy-type corners like a Jalen Green, Anthony Cook. Those dudes are well over six feet tall. Uh, Keaton's probably 5'10", 5'11", but he's one of the best 100-meter sprinters in the state, probably going to make it to to the state championship race uh, as a senior. He plays running back for John Tyler, plays both ways, starts both ways for a really good 5A program. So he's just one of those dudes that's a competitor, and I, I know Rickland Holmes, the head coach out at John Tyler, a lot. And he just loves kind of the attitude of Keaton Crawford to the point he allowed Keaton to wear his old number at John Tyler. You know, there's two numbers at John Tyler that are really important. One's obvious with Earl Campbell, and then the other is, you know, Rickland Holmes' number because that's the one he wore when he played there. And, and Keaton plays or wears that one. I think uh, that kind of shows just kind of the, the behind-the-scenes attitude they like about him. That's number 24, correct? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, First off, my apologies for uh, mispronouncing Keaton's name, but I'm sure we will get to know it quite well over the next few years. Let's go around the 40 acres. I just want to hit on a couple of quick topics. And we just talked about uh, Healy Ringo out in Arizona. You know, Texas has kind of been recruiting that area well recently. Jake Smith, the freshman, fine freshman receiver, 
uh, was the Gatorade Player of the Year out of an Arizona school last year. Bajon Robinson, their five-star um, commit uh, at running back, is currently playing football in Arizona. Is that going to become Texas's hotbed, or is that is that where they're going to start looking as opposed to maybe a Louisiana or an Oklahoma? Is, is that going to be their secondary state? I kind of think so, and some of that's the Tim Bett connection, but also Arizona, after being out there a few times over the last couple cycles to kind of cover you know, Braden Lybrock, Josh or Jake Smith, uh, Bajan, and I even went and saw Keeley. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to Texas, you know, from Arizona, and it seems like those Arizona kids either end up in California on the West Coast or kind of move inland a little bit more. And Texas is kind of trying to become that spot of, you know, you don't have to go out to L.A. and deal with all that kind of stuff. Austin's a real city. Austin's, you know, a, almost a metropolis. And you can come here and kind of have that same experience without, you know, a ton of the traffic and all the trappings that come with California. So I'd imagine... Uh, they continue to go through Arizona because it's one of those states where the in-state schools don't do a great job of recruiting. Uh-huh. Like Louisiana's tough to go into. You'd love to go to Louisiana, but if LSU wants somebody, LSU's going to get them yeah. if they're from Louisiana. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So I feel like Arizona is one of those places that kind of feels like it's still open territory, and Texas has done a really good job. John Robinson may end up being the Gatorade National Player of the Year this year. He's averaging around 16 yards per carry. His, his highlights like that always make their way to my Twitter feed are absurd. I mean, he is an insane person. Some of that's, you know, level of competition. It's probably equal to maybe 3A, 4A here. But still, that kid is freaking good. He, he is not. You can see why he is a five-star. Yes. Um, obviously, Texas has kind of come to the end of its regular season. Only a couple home games left. What does that mean for recruiting and as far as like visits um, are concerned? Is, is Texas going to be hosting a lot of kids, or did they kind of get that out of the way with the LSU game and being able to host um, you know, potential prospects at the Oklahoma game? Yeah, this year was a little bit different with the LSU game and then being home in the the Red River Showdown or whatever it's called nowadays. Um, you know, that's two really big uh, stages to have guys come. So you'll start to see uh, maybe some commitments or maybe some 2021-2022 uh, guys come on, on, on a f- unofficial visits along with just the commitments who want to get to campus. But yeah, in terms of like top targets in the 2020 class, most of them have already taken their officials and are just still trying to kind of figure out you know, when they're going to pick. It may pick back up in December, kind of in that bowl preparation time where Texas is kind of off, you know, Let's say Texas is sitting at nineteen twenty commitments on December third. They're going to want two or three more, so mm-hmm. they may find a couple guys, JUCOs or grad transfers, or just some under the radar guys to kind of come visit late and see if they can kind of swing swing those guys into into the class. And that happens, you know, with every single group. There's always two or three guys that kind of come in late that we haven't heard of that become top targets there at the end because of their senior tape or a need or you know whatever the case may be. Let's uh, segue into our recruiting interview, which we do every week here on this podcast. Uh, we're going to talk this week with Jaron Thompson. Jaron is a four-star safety from Lufkin. He pledged to Texas back in August, so he's a, he's been a Longhorn commit for a little while. You got to see him play this past weekend, so let's tune in and hear what Jaron had to say. So here with Jaron Thompson of Lufkin, uh, how's it feel to be district champs? I mean, it's just it's a blessing. Uh, staying healthy. And our team just got it done. It's just, it's just a great, great feeling. Did it back to back. Just something we haven't done in a long time. This feels great. 
When you come into a game like this where y'all are, you know, the superior team, how how do you kind of stay focused and kind of stay on that grind as a defense? I think y'all allowed zero yards passing today. So how do y'all kind of just come into these games focused on not playing to the competition? Well, we, we just take every game as uh, just a regular game. Every game is our opponent. We, we can't let – we can't uh, go down no level to no team. And as me being the leader, I have to, I have to hold my teammates accountable, and I got to keep them up. Just, we got to still get after. We got, we got games ahead of us. We got to prepare ourselves to the playoffs. Uh, you're an East Texas kid, right? Not Dallas, not Houston, so maybe not everybody gets a chance to see you as much as some of those guys. How would you describe yourself, or how do you want to be described when people turn on your tape? I'm just a, I'm a type of guy who's gonna get to the ball. I'm all around the field, and I'm a great leader. I'm, I'm gonna find the ball. I'm gonna be in a position to make a play. How much is physicality a part of your game? I saw you coming downhill a lot. How much pride do you take in that? The most physical team gonna win. Whoever whoever hitting hardest, that's who's gonna lay down. If you hitting somebody in their mouth, they're not gonna like that. So I just I take that mindset where I'm a dog, I'm gonna hit you harder than you gonna hit me. Uh, Coach Niver was here, uh, you know, future safety at Texas yourself. Kind of what is your relationship like with him and, and why did you pick Texas? Uh, Coach Niver is just like another father figure for me. He just always kept it real. I picked Texas because it's home and this is Texas. No other place I will ever want to be. Grew up loving Texas. This is this is home. I feel like East Texas kids kind of have a no nonsense kind of attitude about mm-hmm. them. Kind of what does this area kind of breed in terms of football players? I mean, like I guess people say we country. It's just yeah. like we just we just love we just love like we just love what we do. We love each other. We we uh we we play for our others. We don't really play for ourselves. We. A lot of people struggle, and a lot of people don't have stuff. So it's football just one of the things I heard that you can just express yourself and get out there. How ready are you to get to Austin and kind of just start oh, working towards that? And I can't wait. That's just another step of my life, another step of my dream. And I'm just excited to have the opportunity, and I'm blessed to be able to be in some shoes that a lot of people that can't be fitting in. Mike, I don't know how many games you've covered where there's been zero passing yards uh, by the the opponent of the of the recruit you're covering, but that was pretty impressive. Also got to see a district championship get wrapped up. So, you know, pretty good weekend for, for young Jaron. But let's a little talk a little bit. What do we need to know about him? Um, first off, you know, what do you think he will bring to this Texas defense? Is he a immediate player? Or is he someone that's going to take a little time to develop? It'll be, you know, I, I used to always say these safeties needed time to develop. And with guys like Caden Stearns and B.J. Foster and even Chris Brown, those kind of guys expected back next year, it doesn't feel like a safety can really make an early impact, but as we've seen this year, you know, all hands are kind of on deck if, if guys get injured. What stood out to me most about Jaron Thompson, he was the last 2020 commit that I have not seen play a game. All right, I've seen them all in camps or in different settings. He was the last one, including the Alistair guys, that I hadn't seen actually play a football game. And the first thing that stood out to me was just his physicality. Like, the dude just runs around and hits people. And then in the interview you just listened to, you heard that he enjoys that part of the football the game. The word physical came, came up a couple, a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, like it was a Marshawn Lynch type quote of like, I'm going to hit you in the face to the point where you don't want to hit me back. Um, and so that's just, you know, it, some of that's just hit where he's from and kind of, you know, how he grew up. I was there. Coach uh, Craig Niver was also there watching because it was an off week or whatever. And, yeah, I think we just kind of sat there and marveled at the physicality because he he played like a linebacker. Uh, now, the team he was playing against was overmatched, zero passing yards, et cetera. He got to play downhill a lot. 
But I think he's one of those guys that can come in and play that joker position and really help tackle when you're in the nickel. And as we've seen this year, Texas has really struggled to tackle when they've gone small. He is the type of athlete that will be able to tackle in space even if he's out there as one of like four safeties on the field at a time. Now, obviously, since you guys see him play, you took a little trip to East Texas uh, last weekend. And, you know, our friends Justin Wells, Clint Buckley, those guys have kind of coined the uh, hashtag Beast Texas, uh, you know, hashtag. And that's kind of become a, you know, thing on Twitter whenever you see a kid from that area making making a big play or making a commitment and stuff like that. And they seem to really, those players out there seem to really embrace it. But at the same time, it's not Dallas, it's not Houston. Sometimes those players and those recruits kind of go under the radar, even though they have produced. And you'll see a guy like, you know, Brandon Jones um, on Saturdays. Are kids from East Texas, are they under the radar? Or what's kind of going on with the recruiting out in that area? I believe so. And some of it's because the national guys just simply can't get out there. Like within the state, I believe East Texas is fully known as, you know, a hotbed of talent that a lot of kids come out of that produce really good football team. I mean, Longview uh, won a state championship last year. So the top guys are always going to get noticed no matter where they go. What I find interesting is I'll go to games in Houston or Dallas and there will be, you know, six, seven guys on the defense with offers, you know, from smaller schools or whatever. And you go to East Texas and you talk to some of those kids that are really good football players and they haven't heard, you know, from like the G5 schools. And so, you know, the guys like Jaron Thompson are going to get noticed. I mean, he's a freak athlete. Brandon Jones, as you mentioned, I believe was a five-star uh, prospect. Same with DeMarvion Overshone. It's that depth after it that doesn't get noticed because you just simply don't have the same amount of college coaches making trips out there. And the perfect example to me is Tavondre Sweat. I mean, there's just there's no way that kid's not a four-star. And he was a three-star last year. Had he lived in Houston or Dallas where these national recruiting guys go and see them more, I mean, he's an obvious four-star talent. So I think it's just one of those where the those kind of in-between guys get looked over a little too much because it's easier to go see 25 kids in Houston than it is to go see five kids in East Texas. And so it's just it's just a different different area. We're going to stay in Beast, Texas for our recruiting spotlight. We're going to talk uh, um, about Kate and Noah. Every week during this time of the podcast, we're going to introduce you to a future Longhorn who won't be playing football at Texas this week. We are shining a spotlight on Caden, who will be a future Texas baseball player. Caden's a left-handed pitcher at Spring Hill High. Last year, he went 7-4 and four with 126 strikeouts and a 1.70 ERA. This upcoming spring will be his fourth year on the varsity roster. I asked Spring Hill coach Keith Touchstone, Describe Caden in one word, and Coach touched on one with worker. Why? Quote, Caden is always working on his craft with his team and on his own to get better, end quote. Coach Touchstone said that Caden consistently throws strikes, which is very good, especially for this Texas team. Uh, but he needs to work a little bit on his pickoff, pickoff move, which you know, for a 17, 18-year-old kid, that that will come. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. Come on, Spring Hill. Score some runs, man. 7-4 with a 1.7 ERA. I mean, it's a, give him some help. It, Get, get him some support. Uh, Caden committed to Texas in August of 2018. He's one of seven pitchers in UT's 2020 recruiting class. Uh, Dalton Porter, another left-handed pitcher from up the road in Rouse, who we spotlighted in a previous podcast, is also one of those pitchers. So Texas will have some lefties coming in, which has been a problem in the past uh, couple years. So help is on the way from that side of the uh, mound. Side Doesn't note, if I, ever have a, if I ever have a son, or I mean, I, I, does left-handed matter as a softball pitcher? Either way. I may tape the right arm to the side and just kind of force a little left-hand action early on 
get that late movement on every single pitch, just kind of get that college scholarship lined up. At, I at don't believe it matters as, as much in softball, but Texas did have a lefty last year in Brooke Bollinger, who they're going to miss this year, and they did like her for some for some matchups. So yeah. um, probably not as much of a matchup Learned thing as in baseball, but obviously. Yeah, I guess the arm angle's not as exaggerated. It's, it is still baseball. something that the coaches like. Uh, that's something that they like to have in their arsenal. All right, uh, time to get on out of here, or at least segue to getting on out of here. We still have a little bit to go. But, Mike, where are you going this weekend? Uh, what, uh, what, where, will your, will your, where will your travels take you? I will be in DFW going to go check in on Jaquindon Jackson of Duncanville, the quarterback, uh, his last regular season game. Probably won't need to see him again until state championships. Duncanville is supposed to be really good. So I'm just going to go watch them kill Molina and do an interview afterwards. And then on Friday... I am going to another DFW game. I am going to Everman to see 2021 commit Juan Davis uh, play there at Everman. He's kind of a tight end wide receiver. So this week's kind of trying to get some guys that uh, like he's not going to make the playoffs. Everman won't make the playoffs. So this is kind of the last chance to go see Everman. Now, since you'll be in the Dallas area, um, maybe some places near the Oklahoma border that may be calling your, calling your name. And if you were to make a trip up there and you know, place a bet on a certain football game on Saturday, and you saw the line was Texas by seven. What would your What would your reaction be? I gotta say, when I saw this, I was I was shocked. I mean, I know Texas is getting guys back, and I know Kansas State's offense isn't exactly built to exploit the things that Texas does the worst. But and I know that three points are at home. Yeah, I know you get three points for being. I just, I on a neutral site, you're telling me Texas is four points better than the team that just beat Oklahoma. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't buy it. Um, this is another one I'd probably stay away from. But I mean, I don't think I'd bet on can. I don't think I bet on Texas with your money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that is a date right now. We have no idea what this football team is. If you think that it's better than it's shown and it's just injuries, that's an opinion. If you think this is who they are, that's just an opinion. Like We have no clue what this Texas team is, which is kind of concerning eight games into a, to a season. Time for our mailbag. Um, as always, if you have a question about Texas football, about recruiting, about life in general, find us on Twitter. I'm at AASDanny. Mike is at Craven Mike. Instagram and Facebook are both at BevoBeat. Um, emails, bdavis.statesman.com. M. Craven at statesman.com. We, you can, we can't hide. You can get us. You can find us. Can I wish I us. could hide, uh, but I can't. Anyway, uh, at James G. Boswell 17 on Twitter asks, uh, will the Texas defense improve with the starters coming back, or are there deeper problems? Obviously, being in the week, um, Caden Stearns was probable. Jeff McCulloch is working his way back. You got uh, B.J. Foster, DeMarvion Overstone. Those guys are nearing their returns and may play this weekend. Um, do you think them returning will help, or is this just is it this defense broken? I mean, it's not going to fix it, but it definitely can't hurt, right? I mean, like you, you put Caden Stearns back there for a true freshman, that's got to help. You know, Jeffrey McCulloch, I feel like is one that we haven't talked about uh, enough with this defense. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they magically come back out there and this is the '85 Bears or something like that. But it definitely can't hurt to have star players with experience back on the field. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean. Caden was one of the league's best, uh, the Big 12's best defenders last year. Um, you know, he was uh, a lot of people thought he'd be contending for like at least you know all conference or possibly all American status right. last year. You take him off the field, that's a hole. 
Mm-hmm. And you, when you take him and the other guys behind him and B.J. Foster and DeMarvin Overshone and how many other people you know were hurt, again, those guys are going to is going to help. It, are they going to go out and limit tech Kansas State to three points this week? No. Right. But if they if those guys can play, that is going to help. And you know the more the more uh, people they can get back and the healthier they can get, this Texas team will definitely benefit from that. Um, this was kind of a strange question, but Mr. Blah Blah on Twitter asked, uh, theoretically, let's say it's third down and you are playing against Todd Orlando. If he blitzes, then you have to go to jail. How long would you like your pr- prison sentence to be? What's great about this joke is it leaves no room for him not blitzing. That's the best, that's the best part about this joke is uh, Todd Orlando, when push comes to shove and it's third down, specifically when it's one of those numbers he thinks he can exploit, like third and seven plus, he can't help himself. I mean, he just, that is what his coaching career is built on. That's how he got to this position. And by God, he is going to blitz the quarterback when he can. That is who he is. And uh, yeah, I, I thought the question was great because, yeah, it was like, uh, I mean, there's there's no chance you're not going to prison there. He's going to blitz. That's that's what we've seen so far this year. Maybe you can just get off with probation. Um, <laughs> get it adjudicated. Over on uh, Instagram, uh, DWMinier64, who is our number one Instagram follower, asked any chance that UT Volleyball loses to Oklahoma on Friday. Once again, I'm not going to say no because last time, right. I, once I talked to the volleyball team and they went and lost to Rice, but this um, this team should win this one. It probably will be a sweep. Uh, Jarrett Elliott, the volleyball coach, was a little cautious uh, when we talked about this upcoming week after um, they swept uh, West Virginia on Sunday. and He did note that um, Oklahoma took Baylor to five um, – five sets when Baylor visited um, them at the end of October. Baylor is either three or four in the poll this week, but Texas is one and Texas is better than Baylor. So I expect it to be kind of similar to when Oklahoma came to Austin um, a couple weeks ago. I expect them to win. And I, I don't think this Texas team is losing again until the postseason. Um, I don't even think they're going to lose at Baylor when they go there in I believe two Ooh. weeks. So uh, I just think this team is firing all cylinders. Um, probably still haven't, still somehow have not played a complete game. But even this past week, when they did not play well defensively, couldn't get much of a block um, started without Breon Butler, who was given the day off. Um, they still just rolled past uh, West Virginia. So I'd expect Texas to win Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma, but never know. Weirder things have happened. It's a good squad. Anyway, uh, you know, Mike. My, my last question is kind of a little random. Um, I was thinking of like what this podcast needs, hmm. aside from me not stuttering all over myself and tripping all <laughs> over my words. But um, we need a theme song. Oh, and what is your favorite TV theme song? What was uh, what was the the song that you can still sing and sing in your head, or anytime you hear it, brings back good memories? Married with Children, probably right. the Love and Marriage. That that yeah. that my uncle. So I grew up at my grandparents' house. My mom had me pretty young and. She didn't get remarried till I was like five, so they were in that sweet spot of of Al Bundy, Al Bundy love, and so I was the little four year old just sitting there watching it, and it probably shaped me way more than I'd like to admit, which is why I'm 34 and still single. There you go. Um, I'd either go with Law and Order, although that's not that, really the that's dun, the you know the, the Dun Dun and instrumental. I don't know whether or not I'm allowed to like the. Um, Cosby Show theme songs anymore because of um, how terrible a person Bill Cosby is. But those, I thought you may go Waylon Brothers. No, there. those those theme songs were 
awesome. Um, you know, they switched it up every season except for one they uh, kept for two years. And the Apollo opening was awesome. But, you know, I just have to go with Family Matters. I'm picking, picking mine. I mean, it, it mentions newspaper in the second line. <laughs> yeah, it's about a, family, a black family and, you know, one of my favorite cities. And, you know, at the end of it, it's about a nerdy kid who gets to marry a girl that's way too good for him. And that's pretty much my life story. So hey. I, will, I will go with uh, Family Matters. And I really thought it was going to be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because of your Will Smith love. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is, is is fine, but it's just not in my top three. I'll, okay, I'll, I can okay. rock on with that. It's it's on my it's on my uh, phone. I'll listen to it every once in a while. So I'm not I'm not hating. It's not going to be in my my top three. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's going to wrap it up for us. So don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast app. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, if you want to uh, give us your favorite TV uh, theme songs, drop them in our, our mentions. Uh, Anyway, this is the Longhorn Confidential Podcast. It's brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. We will see you next week. Later.